بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته The wife of the Aziz, the wife of the minister of Egypt, she says that if Yusuf doesn't do as she wishes, she'll have him imprisoned or she will give him a severe punishment. Listening to this, Yusuf makes dua. And he says, Subhanallah, Qala Rabbis He says, My Allah, if I have to compare and weigh up the two options then really the zina compared to prison, the zina which is easy, which is ecstasy, which is wonderful, perhaps in the dunya, compared to perhaps prison, which might be difficult, it might be hard, but in akhirah, alhamdulillah, is jannah. The two of them, really you can't compare. So, oh Allah, I choose the prison over that which they're inviting me to. As-sijnu ahabbu ilayya mimma yad'unani ilay. And then he makes dua, وَإِلَّا تَصْرِفْ عَنِّي كَيْدَهُنَّ Allah, if you don't remove their plan from me, أَصْبُ إِلَيْهِنَّ وَأَكُمْ مِنَ الْجَاهِلِينَ He says, Allah, if you don't remove their plan from me, the whole truth of the matter is that I will maybe, perhaps inclined towards it. And this is Yusuf salam talking. So what is the dua that we need to make? The dua that we need to make always is, Allah, I am a weak, unique servant of yours. Because we all are unique. Allah, I'm weak, I'm unique. But let it be, Allah, that whenever a situation arises, you remove the difficulty of that situation in terms of me getting involved. Because it's so easy, it's so easy nowadays. It's very easy to get involved in any type of sin. Whether it's drinking, whether it's drugs. People can, subhanAllah, children are taking drugs and they're sitting in front of the teachers in class and they're operating, normal. They're taking cards upon cards. And this is, this is not something, you know, people say, no, that's not my kid. It happens. It happens in every home. Allah protect us. And we all can say, you shouldn't do it. And it's a taboo thing. And how bad is it? But really, when you start, that's how we can say. That's what we can say. You should never take drugs. Drugs is bad and it's haram. And it's, but when a person is on that journey, it's the worst journey that a person can be on. And we need to be supportive of that person. We need to try and take them out. It's very, very difficult. Okay, so anyway, we need to make dua. Allah, let it not be that I incline towards the sin. Whatever the sin might be, whether it's drinking, whether it's drugging, whether it's uh, making witchcraft, whether it's making zina, whether it's lying, whether it's cheating, whether it's backbiting. Now, we all have a sin. All of us that are sitting here, subhanAllah, we all have a sin. Okay, we sometimes don't recognize that one sin because we often do it. We do that sin so often that it doesn't actually become a sin anymore. It becomes a habit. And it almost seems that with all the good that we are doing around the sin, that the sin is small. That the sin is something that, you know, just can be overlooked, can be forgiven. So there's again a tale of two individuals and subhanAllah, a person had passed away. These are from history. So we don't take it as part and parcel of wahi, but we take lesson therefrom. And the ulama who give us the tales, basically they had, well, we say tales or the, or the incident, they had given it from ulama before them till when it happened. Just like how we get, for example, certain stories of this haba, etc. Wherever the narration comes down. So, two individuals, and what had happened was, 
the individual passed away. Okay? This was a great alim and he had passed away. Great scholar and he had passed away. And uh, for some reason, after some time, they had to exhume the body. They had to take it out. They had to, because something seemingly had fallen in. And so they had to take out the body. They had to remove, open the qabr again. When they opened up the qabr, what they found was the body of another person. In this Mubarak land, the body of another person. Subhanallah. And, and, and now they were baffled because this wasn't the person that they had buried. But they came to identify this person as somebody who they knew perhaps in a neighboring area. And what they did was, they then went to inquire from this particular person. His family members. Okay? And they asked now the daughter who was the heir. Look, this is your father. He has, he has almost taken, he's taken the place of the Ali. So they'll say, you know, ulama say you'll be, you'll be, you'll be raised for me, you are buried. So if you're buried in a, in a Mubarak land, and may Allah bury us all, make us be buried in Medina al-Munawwara, or Makkah al-Mukarramah, amin ya rabbal alameen, while in his path. Umar radiallahu anhu used to make dua, and he used to say, Allahumma, Allah make it such that you grant me a death in Medina, a death whilst in your path. And he was assassinated whilst he was in Fajr Salah, fi sabilillah in Medina al-Munawwara. People used to wonder, how is it possible that you, that you will pass away making jihad in Medina? That doesn't make sense. Anyway, so, so the daughter said, listen, there's nothing that I can think about my father in terms of him doing something extraordinary. Okay? Uh, and I said, look, there, there must have been something. There must have been something. So she said, the only thing that I can remember was that this individual was a person who used to drink. But every night when he used to come home, he used to make, he used to make sincere tawbah. And he used to be like, Allah forgive me, and Allah, I got this bad habit, and Allah really, I'm really in this position, and, and I'm weak, I'm your humble servant, and Allah ultimately, and there's no power and might besides Allah, that's, that's the reality. And if a person is involved in something, it's because subhanAllah, we perhaps haven't utilized the opportunity to get tawfiq from Allah. It's not Allah hasn't given us tawfiq. It's just we haven't utilized that opportunity. So she said, every night he used to come home, subhanAllah, and he would make tawbah for his sins. He would cry to Allah and he would make tawbah for his sins. So when was the last time we actually did that? We sat down and we cried for our sins. And she said that that was his condition. And then they found out from the alim and his family, and subhanAllah, what they found out was that he used to give wonderful lectures. He used to give great bayans. He was a great scholar of his time. But at night, just before he used to sleep, he used to say to relax a little bit. He used to take a drop of wine so that he could get a bit of a nice sleep. And he used to say that there's nothing wrong in this because of the small quantity. Now, subhanAllah, because of that, Allah made the situation change. The point I'm making is, brothers and sisters, everyone has a unique sin. Right? You don't need to tell anybody about that sin. The only being you need to be answerable to is Allah. Because our relationship is with Allah. And when we do that, now, the how, now how do we do that? How do we, how do we actually know what the sin is? The only, know, the only way to know what the sin is, is to sit down. And think about now, what has been in my life that has been perhaps there for so long that I've even forgotten that it's there? Or secondly, what is in my life that I do that I take for granted that I'm doing? That I'm just doing it and I'm taking it for granted that I'm doing it because I am making salah. Right? Some people are like, do it and then we make salah. Some people are do it and then we give zakah. So these are the ways that you, you sit down and you think of something that's so minute 
so small, right? It might be insignificant in the mind, subhanallah, but really it's a great thing in the, in, in, in the path of Allah. In the path of Allah, in, in the way of Allah, actually, really speaking, Allah only needs one reason to forgive us. You, you know that, that's, that's, that's all Allah needs. It is said that when people are making salah, we don't know whether our salah is accepted. When people are making salatul janazah, then it is mentioned that there should be 40 people or odd rows or so many people, etc. But ulama say, if in the janazah, there's one sincere person who makes dua, then that person is forgiven. <laughs> one person who makes sincere dua. So we are hoping that in the billion people that are fasting, if Allah accepts the one fast or the fasting of, all of this person, then our Ramadan also gets accepted. But anyway, the point we're making is, Allah needs only, actually He doesn't need an excuse. Allah does, he doesn't need an excuse. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, nobody will enter Jannah except by the mercy of Allah. So he doesn't need an excuse. So the Sahaba asked him because he was ma'asum, free from sin, oh, Prophet of Allah, even you. He said, oh my Sahaba, even me, illa an yatagammadani Allahu bi rahmatihi, except if Allah covers me, he enshrouds me with his mercy. Right? That's when I'll be entering into Jannah. So firstly, Allah doesn't need an excuse to enter us into Jannah. But Allah loves that there is a reason for a person to be forgiven. Allah loves that. There must be something to justify why I'm giving you Jannah in the court of Allah. For Allah doesn't need to justify, but it's almost like, you know what, you earned this. And it's great because after you bought something, when you worked in the holiday, you really feel proud of it. You really, you really appreciate it. So when we get Jannah, and this is, this is the hadith, after the Jannah and all the Jannat are given to the individuals, there will, st will still be portions of Jannah. And by the way, let me just tell you, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam on one occasion said that I know the name and the name of the person's father who will enter into Jannah last. I know his name and the name of his father who will enter into Jannah last. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam says that this individual after he will go through the cleansing process, then what will happen is this individual will now come out of Jahannam. And as he's out of Jahannam, may Allah save us from Jahannam. Those that haven't said, I mean, I'm sure you're okay, that means. <laughs> so may Allah save us from Jahannam. I mean. So he'll come out of Jahannam. And this is just the summary of the hadith, okay? I can't give it to you in, because I mean, I, I wouldn't be doing justice. So you'll come out of Jahannam and, oh, you know, I mean, like when you're near the fire, you're near the bra and you're like, you need some coke, you know, whatever, alhamdulillah. <clears throat> Just giving you an example, eh? I'm not saying coke is haram or halal, but that's, that's for the chefs. Anyway, so he'll come out and he'll be like, subhanAllah, please, man, there's, there's a tree there. So it's been like, can I just, you know, can I just get to the tree? And Allah will say, is there anything else that you want? And he'll say, no, Allah, nothing. That's, I just want to get from here to the tree, get some shade. That's about it. And you know, I'll be okay. And then subhanAllah, he'll get to the tree and sometime later, because, In Jannah is what you desire. In Jannah is what you, what you just call for. That's what Jannah is, right? So, so he'll be like, he'll be hearing now in the distance, that there's water and there's birds chirping and there's, there's something wonderful that's happening there, you know? And it's like almost as if we, we're sitting now in this restaurant and it's quiet and we're eating and then we're seeing like there's a line there and like we're wondering like, you know, I mean, we ordered already. Can we just like leave this place and like 
Can't we just run away from here and go stand in that land? Because what's the hullabaloo about? Anyway, inshallah, is it possible? Is it possible for me to perhaps, I just want to get closer, just, you know, just to like maybe feel the feeling. So Allah will be like, is that all that you want? Subhanallah, he'll say, yes, Allah, that's, that's all that I want. I don't want anything else. I just want to be there. Just, just about there. You know, I mean, I haven't got my tickets. I knew I understand that. But I mean, just like there, so I can just have a peek inside. Eventually, he'll say all of this until he comes to the door of Jannah. Subhanallah. And then he'll say, Allah, listen. Allah, you sure this, this is the door? That's all that you want? Allah, Jalla wa ala, he'll say, Allah, that's it. I just want to be here as long as I'm here. And like the individual says, she hasn't accepted my proposal. I'll just stand by the gate. I'll just stand by the gate. That's all. And then they say, you, you want some tea? No, 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 I'll just stand here. That's all. You sure you don't want? Okay, maybe a glass of water. <laughs> so subhanAllah, he'll say, Allah, I'm here. I'm here now, okay? And eventually he'll say, Allah, can I take one step? Just one step into Jannah. That's all I want to do. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him, enter and this is your Jannah. This is not only your Jannah, and his Jannah will be ten times the size of this world and whatever it contains. That's the last person who enters Jannah. So Allah needs one excuse. And sometimes no excuse. And that's when we become the true servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we were talking about Jannah and how Allah looks for this excuse to give us the Jannah and how we'll appreciate it more. So after everybody gets their Jannah, what will happen is then there'll be still pieces of Jannah, lots of Jannah that's available, subhanAllah. And then Allah will create people who will get this Jannah. And we that'll be in Jannah will be like, but Allah, I mean, like, you know, you could have just, this is unfair, in a sense. But the people who worked for something, the hadith says, those people won't appreciate Jannah. Those people won't be able to appreciate Jannah. Okay? If you worked hard for something, if you stayed absent for an exam and you got an average mark and you came out first, that's like, hey, man, come on. You didn't do anything great. But if you worked, subhanAllah, and you came out first, and that's like a massive achievement. So that's why Allah looks for this one excuse. So go home, brothers. Go home, sisters. Maybe even tonight when in making the dhikr and whatever we are doing, whenever, just close your eyes and think about that particular thing. If in this Ramadan, we ask Allah to, 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 to forgive us for that particular thing and we make an intention to stay away from it, I promise you that with the hope and mercy of Allah, your Ramadan will be accepted. SubhanAllah. That's it. Because <laughs> what is Ramadan? It's a sacrifice. Why? To become pious. How do we become pious? To stay away from sin. Sometimes we don't know which sin it is. And you know, sometimes it's easier to leave a sin than we actually think. I'm not referring to your wife. Please, you know what I'm saying? It's not a sin. That's a mercy from Allah. Please. So he says, Allah, the prison is better for me than this which they're inviting me to. On this occasion, just before that, Then it became clear. So it was first the small court. Right? Yusuf alayhi salam. There was the minister. There was the wife. Small court. They had a small court settlement. Oh, Yusuf, please forgive Forget about it. You, you made a mistake. I mean, don't cause it again. Remember the incident? Small court. Then she took it on appeal. Then 
Then it became clear after some time, it became almost evident, you know, the way you push your words around. Now, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, on one occasion, two people came and the one was more eloquent than the other. And Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, because of his eloquence, gave the matter in his favor. But he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if a person, because of an eloquent nature, takes something that is not his, Allah will give him the same share in Jahannam. So when we are taking things, it doesn't mean you went to the high court, you're successful. There's the court of the world and the court of Allah. Those are two different courts. If the court of the world made you innocent, that doesn't mean you are innocent in the court of Allah. Subhanallah. If you were speeding for an example, and you gave a bribe, that doesn't mean it's okay because to give a bribe is haram. Secondly, if you knocked somebody whilst you were speeding, then you'll be regarded as a qatil in Islam, a killer. If you die whilst you are speeding and there's a speed limit, then you'll be regarded as one who has committed suicide. So there's the court of Allah. <laughs> so buy one of the small smart cars. It's easier, brothers. So there's the court of the dunya, and then there's the court of Allah. And the two differ. And we need to prove that we are innocent both in the court of the dunya and in akhirah. Because the court of the dunya is huququl ibad, and the court of akhirah is huququllah. So anyway, they then imprisoned Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam. I'm, I'm kind of thinking, inshallah, we should be done by about next year, the 5th of Ramadan, somewhere around there when the story of Yusuf alayhi salam, inshallah, before, before the end of, of uh, this Ramadan, we hope to summarize things up a bit more. Um, we make dua. I think today's lesson, primarily, as we are moving now into, uh, towards the ending of Ramadan, is, uh, what is that sin? What is that thing that you are doing? And secondly, what is the other thing that you are doing that is great but nobody knows about? And sometimes not even you. And it's so great, it's so small that you must continue doing it. Okay? You did it one day. And when you did it one day, it made you feel like the king of the world. Subhanallah. So now, you must continue doing that. But you should never let anybody know about it that you're doing it, subhanAllah. Remember sometimes what happens is you see somebody struggling, you go to the house, you give something, and then you came out and you're like, wow, made me feel like the king of the world. Or you just decided as you were driving a hospital, you pulled in and you went and you just visited somebody who was there, old man, maybe you asked him, he said, no, my family are far, nobody comes to visit. You went downstairs, you got him a cold drink, you got him whatever the case might be, and that made you on top of the world, subhanAllah. If you did that and that made you happy, then just carry on doing that. These small things matter in the great court of Allah. Because often Allah forgives us for just assisting those individuals who are the human beings. And finally, brothers, so look at that which is wrong, change it. Look at that which is right that you are doing, stay steadfast on it. And finally, let us understand one thing. If a man... Yusuf was the most accepted man. Allah says he was min ibadin al-mukhlasin, from the chosen ones, right? If an individual has acceptance, that means he's great, and he thinks he's great, then in actual fact, he's a loser. Because greatness 
comes from Allah. And secondly, if a man is great, but he doesn't think he's great, then that is also greatness from Allah. Because the ability not to think that you are great came from Allah. The ability not to assume that we are great. So even individual has humility and thinks that my humility is so wonderful, it's actually pride. If an individual gives charity and thinks that he's doing good, then subhanallah, that might be pride. An individual must do things in such a way that it must only and only and only be for Allah. And we'll end with the statement of Rabia Basriya Rahmatullah alayha. And she used to say, How I wish that I could take Jannah and Jahannam and destroy it. How I wish I could take Jannah and Jahannam and destroy it so that people wouldn't worship Allah for Jannah and Jahannam, but they would worship Allah for Allah. May Allah grant us this ability.